All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Rish Gupta. Rish is co-founder and head of product at Spot AI, a groundbreaking video intelligent company built to answer a simple question. Why is it so difficult for people at work to access video off their cameras? Rish, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to focusing on video of all things. Yeah, it's been a circuitous route to get to videos. Always want to kind of build cool technologies. So when I graduated college at about 20 to 23, I started a company, which was a pure software company, knew nothing about running a business, ran it for five years, grew to a few million users, sold it. The Though I didn't know anything about running a business, the thing that helped the timing was it was just a couple of years after the advent of smartphones. So the new behaviors and the influx of new people coming onto the internet because of smartphones led to that growth for as a business for us. So as I was looking through new ideas and things to think about, one of the things that became constant was the number of mobile phones in the world. 91% of the people already have mobile phones. And the number of PCs has stayed constant at 2 billion for the last decade and sells approximately about 300 million units a year. So let's look at these computing devices are not really growing. They're everywhere, but they're already there. But <clears throat> everywhere around us, if you see, look at your home, small internet chips are being inserted into your fridges and your cars and your these Alexas and the baby cams and the pet cams. And that seem, seem like there's a computing paradigm changing where everything around us is going to get digitized. And the same thing was happening in, in the business arena. And then when you double click on the business arena, you see that 80%, if you're trying to get visibility into your physical operations, basically through internet of things or any of these new technologies, 80% of how we consume the world is through our eyes. And 85% of the data on internet is videos. So we thought, why would it be any different in the business arena? And that's how we, why video seems like a really exciting place to focus on with respect to enterprises. And then as we dove into it, we really realized that the existing state of videos is people had sold them IP cameras over the last 15 years, every business from a gas station to a manufacturing house to any part of industrial chain has a security camera there, but the they're not able to access it. They still use USB thumb drive, it's in an old school VHS-like recorder somewhere in the back room. One person maybe in the organization knows where the video is and knows how to access it. And so all these pain points in getting this data into the hands of users. And so that, that's what kind of drives us towards solving this problem. Yeah, that's so interesting because I think about what you just said about computers that 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 hasn't grown and that but uh, the mobile technology has and it's that's probably because five year olds don't have laptops yet but they yeah. do have iPhones <laughs> and so majority with all of, the of this. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say with so many mobile technology and you were just talking about sec the security camera industry. Why are they so far behind? Yeah, that's a good question. That was 
when we started building this technology, the thing that baffled us the most was how far behind these cameras were. And the reason for that is if you think about like what most people would remember is as children, we used Panasonic, Sony, Nikon, Canon, so one of these cameras to capture our memories or holidays with our family. And today these brands don't exist, right? Like they exist or they exist in a much diminished capacity than what they did 15 years ago. And today, if I ask you in your iPhone, what camera do you have? You don't know. It's, so the software has completely disrupted the hardware experience. So what we saw in the consumer world is the hardware companies, which are building the actual camera lenses and technologies, they were not software companies and they didn't build the Instagram. They didn't build a way to share these photos. They didn't build a way to create beautiful videos out of these photos to share with your friends. Software companies did that. And something similar is happening in the enterprise space. The camera vendors, which have built traditionally the cameras and they sell tens of billions of dollars of these to American companies every year, they are hardware companies with little to no software experience. So they have focused on making the cameras have more resolution, have a beautiful looking chassis, so it looks good on, on a brochure, but they haven't looked at, okay, what happens once the video is recorded? What, and they don't have the expertise for that. So you end up with these really old school software if you went online and searched just some of these softwares on this, it's like Windows 95. And in today's wow. world, you still, if you need to share a video, like a cube clip, you can just send it to me right now with a link. You'll just paste it on this in the email and I'll have it in a second. But with videos in businesses, they have to use a USB thumb drive, do a specific video recorder somewhere in the back room, transfer it to their desktop, put it on a Dropbox folder, secure that link and then send it on email. So there's six steps to get to that video. Wow. So that's the state of the industry. And it's purely because you have competence in hardware without competence in software. And one thing that we're all learning about technologies is software is eating the world. And we have to think about how consumers consume the end product and now how, you know, the data is being built. You just brought me back to this vision when I first started dating my husband, and he was one of the ones with the, the television-sized video <laughs> camera. My dad had one of those. <laughs> that he never left home without, and what a pain that was between the full-size VHS tapes and then the micro tapes and all yeah, of that kind of stuff, exactly. which are now just sitting in boxes somewhere versus the, I don't know, 800 videos that I have on my phone that are higher quality than that. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, one of my funniest memes on how the world has changed in the last 15 years from a hardware perspective is you sh somebody showed a kid a floppy disk and the person, oh, you 3D printed the save icon because they had never seen a floppy disk in their life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, it's really, we've come a long way. So what are some of the solutions? Because we think of video in business and in manufacturing to begin with, that we know that we're being on camera most of our lives anyway, and it seems a little big brotherish. But if we were bringing that into technology that would be in a way in manufacturing and actually empowering employees, what does that look like? Yeah, the first thing when you speak about video being big brothery, and a lot of this comes with the China surveillance kind of news that we are fed that, okay, if the cameras are there, somebody's watching us, somebody's recording us, somebody has oversight on us. The, there's a huge information symmetry, asymmetry in those kind of things where, yes, the camera's everywhere, but the access is controlled to only a few select people. And the difference 
is in traditional systems, it's really difficult to give access to multiple people. They have to individually set port forwarding and VPNs and like complicated technology so that your computer sitting at home can access this remote VHS-like recorder sitting on a different computer network in a factory somewhere in another state. And even though you might be the owner of this company, you have to be given special permissions. And if your vice president of operations needs this access, they need to be given special permission. So it's really difficult to set up these users. What we have allowed to do is we integrate with your whatever email system that you use, whether it's Microsoft or Google or whatever else, and give access to every employee in the company. So the video it's not just the video is everywhere the video is available to everyone what mm. is being recorded you have access to it you know how it is impacting so your day-to-day -day operations so if you want to know oh this did this shipping vehicle come yesterday or not was there a delay you you have access to that data yourself you're not like oh somebody above me or just the c-suite has access to it and they are watching me this is for people to improve so one of the things we work really close with our customers is actually onboarding a lot of their different departments and users onto the platform. And then we hold training in the first couple of weeks with those people to make sure that they know they have logins to this, they have access to the cameras that need to do their work. And this video is more of a productivity enhancement tool rather than somebody trying to watch them do their work. So it's the question that they are trying to answer in the day-to-day -day business. So if you're a manager for a certain facility, rather than having to walk across to every part of the facility during the day to figure out what's happening in every different conveyor belts and different manufacturing areas, are you able to sit at your desk and pull up videos and see, okay, quickly what's happening and then go to the area where you feel there's something going amiss and you can help those people. Wow. Yeah, I, because I again, I think about the security cameras that were really, people only needed access to them when something went wrong. And if you watch enough crime shows that when the people tried to get to the security camera, either they were yeah. broken or <laughs> there was no film in there, you're advocating for, it sounds like, a much more proactive approach. And like you said, just being able to keep an eye on things, not in a big brother way, but a more productive way because you know exactly what's going on in those particular areas in the plant and making it much more useful on a daily basis instead of just when something got broke broken into or stolen or anything exactly. else that we the traditional yeah and think of it as if you're on the internet browsing and when you're on facebook or instagram you always have this sense of how much data are these companies taking from me versus if you had your own access if you had access to what exactly data was going through your laptop to these remote servers you will have more visibility and it will not feel that fake brother. You might then decide certain activities you don't do or certain activities you do because you know exactly mm -hmm. the access, the, the, what is being seen, what is not being seen. You can push back on management. So I think fundamentally I believe giving access to the end users is the key. If you keep the access limited to a few people in the security team or the IT team or the C-suite, that's not the solution to empower your people to make better decisions. But what about when it comes to like privacy issues? Yeah. Because when you're talking about physical and data security and all of that, that getting into the wrong hands, what are you seeing that owners and operators are doing to ensure that they are keeping the video data secure? Yeah, there are a few things that we think about deeply over there. One is as a company, we take a stand that there is what we call personal identifiable information, the PII. We don't store that. So 
we even though we have other artificial intelligence in our product, we don't do facial recognition. And that's by design, okay. which is saying that the idea is not to track specific people. The idea is to understand what's happening as trends in your factories and manufacturing facilities and your businesses and physical operations. So as a technology tool, don't surface a lot of PII. Don't store individual data on people. So that allows a that nobody should feel that, oh, tomorrow they can just search video footage of just me. No, they're looking at what's happening at a shipping bay or what's happening in a manufacturing floor. Nobody's tracking a specific person. Second hmm. thing that we do really interestingly is we don't take the video to the cloud. And there are a couple of other reasons for that as well. But what that fundamentally allows is the video is stored on the premise behind the company's firewall. So the company is not taking these videos and storing on some remote cloud server somewhere outside the network. It's within the network on their premises. And we just built a technology where we can by securely punch in a hole to our appliance and just stream that particular video and authenticated user request for it. The third aspect of that is we do go through third-party audits like SOC to HIPAA for healthcare businesses and stuff to make sure that our security standards are meeting the best in class. We have engineers from top companies like Microsoft, Cisco Meraki and others who have dealt with these problems at scale. And so we are making sure at all three levels, don't take pri private data about people. Don't store that at all. Don't build technologies which allow for that. Second is let's keep the video with the people who own the video, which is our customers. And then third is from a technology perspective, since that's the part we understand the best is build an infrastructure which is highly secure, is audited by third parties with top certifications to make sure that our customers feel very secure that this data is not leaking. And the last bit, we're going back to the non-Big Brother stuff. We provide an audit log in the dashboard to our customers, which means our customers can at any time pull and see who was looking at what video at what time. So mm. if there's any misuse of it happening, they can track it. Like they have a full audit log of every click on their videos, which is which traditional systems don't provide. So that's another thing that it's all about surfacing the data back to the users and letting them see how these videos are being consumed, who's watching what, is somebody sharing a video externally to a third party stakeholder you shouldn't want to, you, will, you can see all of that and then take control of that and build policies or restrict controls as, as you see fit for your business. So take us to the, the very beginning. You're just about to start working with a company and you need to train the employees and yeah. you need to get them back through that fear of technology, the fear of big brother, and also share with them the benefits and why you're doing that. So what does that first meeting with the, the leaders and especially the employees, how does that sound? What does that look like? Yeah, the good thing has been the concern about being big brothery doesn't come that much from our customers because most customers come with the inside. The most customers in their journey where they've realized that the existing video system is not up to demand. Like they're not able to access okay. it. They have people asking for access because there was a manufacturing delay and somebody wants to know why it happened. Can I go and see the video when the manufacturing line stopped? And they're like, oh, we don't know if it's easy to access, et cetera. So normally there is an operational pull for these videos from internally in the organization, which is what brings customers to say, okay, we need a more modern solution. And that's when they start mm. talking to us. So very often they're like, hey, we want to give access to 
our people. They start at that point and they're like, can your system take care of that? Will you charge us more for more users at? And we're like, no, we have unlimited users added at no extra cost. So you want to add your entire organization. You want to add some external stakeholders, feel free to, you can, this is your video, your security like footage, you do with it. So that's one premise that they come with. So that's really helpful. The second thing they ask is, okay, there are three kind of use cases they normally want to understand. One is, can I have multiple locations? So normally most of our customers have more than one location because that's when remote viewing and being able to see, you know, see something without being there really starts being helpful. So it'll be like, can I get all of these locations in one dashboard, one place? And that's a non-trivial problem because the way most and this your customers might resonate with, this might resonate with them. The way they bought the security cameras is in piecemeal. 2007, they're like, oh, let's, we built this part of the facility. So we bought 10 cameras there. And then 2012, we added this other part. And so we bought five cameras. And what they end up with is a smattering of six, seven different camera brands across three or four different locations. And they're like, how do I even access these different brands of cameras in one platform? And we make that easy. We work with every brand of camera out there in the enterprise segment. So can I access, can my people watch all the videos without having to jump from one system to another? Can it be all in one system? Second, have, do you have good filters for me to find something really quickly? If something happened yesterday, I don't want to spend hours looking for it. Can you make it happen in a minute? So that's the second thing we get them on. The third part is they talk about either the artificial intelligence part of it or the collaboration. Can I comment on the videos? Can I annotate on top of videos? Can I share this internally? Can I get insights? How many, what was the first time a person showed up during this day in this room? When was the last time a person left? And again, not a specific person. These are just what's the total people count. So then they can understand when the shifts are starting, when the shifts are ending, what is the maximum number of people in, at any point. Sometimes they use it for OSHA guidelines saying these things should not be blocked. These entry pathways or exit pathways should be empty. So then they're like, wow, this system can not only help me find something which happened in the past or help me look into my business as it's operating right now, but it's also generating some data which helps me understand overall trends in my business or days, weeks, months, and so forth. So those are the three pillars we will normally talk about. And then some customers will talk about security to us and we'll talk about the certifications we have and how we have the right people. But that's typically a customer journey. So they're coming in with some internal need with, for a modern system. And then they're checking boxes and realizing a few more things along the way. Okay, so now that makes sense and that they have videos already. So it's not like all of a sudden you're coming in and putting in cameras but because the videos are so piecemealed all over the place and there's no access from location to location, basically what you're doing is you're taking everything they have, putting it in a nice little package with a bow on it so that they can access it as needed it really from wherever they, they yeah. want. And customers, so yeah, exactly what you said. Most, if you look at most businesses, they already have some kind of cameras and they're called security cameras because traditionally they've been used for security. And there's an urge and there's, an, there's a natural urge from a customer saying, I have these cameras installed. Can I use them for more? And that's the question they're coming with. And we're helping them unlock that question and give them the software. The One of the things we've done by deliberately is if you ever play with our software is 
they've designed the video interfaces to look very similar to YouTube and other consumer products that they've used, all the videos, clips, all the cameras on the right, which are like, and you select them and show loads up on the left. They can comment right below it. If they have to tag someone and start an internal thread, they have typical hmm. video walls. If you want to project this video wall, which you would have seen in grocery stores or gas stations of these grids of six or nine or 16 cameras projected on a TV screen, Typically, you have to wire them. With us, you can use something called Spotcast, which is similar to AirPlay. So you want to project it on a monitor in your conference room. You want to project it on a, monitor, on a big TV screen in your manufacturing floor. So everybody can have access to saying, oh, what's happening in different parts of the factory so they can make decisions. So all those things have ma been made, designed in a way that end users feel very comfortable using it. And it's not this archaic security software. Well, it's... So you're able to take the cameras and take the hardware they already have. Mm -hmm. So they're not, the only thing they're really investing in is the technology that you're bringing to basically wire them up all together, which sounds like it's going to save them a lot of time, headache and money anyway, yeah. in the long run. And the cameras are normally already wired to some kind of a network switch. And all we need is our box that we send to connect to that network switch and a power plug and you're good to go. So it's, it saves a ton of time from a, not replacing your cameras, not replacing your wiring, not having to do new cabling. We have had customers with 100 cameras on a manufacturing site in Michigan go from not having a good software to implementing a software in, in an hour, like completely. And for them, it's wow. like, wow, this would have taken weeks in, in our budgets and estimates. And we're like, no, we like connected and you will be able to add these cameras yourself. And they were able to add all 100 in under an hour. And so based on stories like that, what have your customers shared with you in the face of the success of being a, how has accessing that information helped them? If you have any specific examples of that. Yeah, we have had multiple customers reach out to us saying how our system has helped them solve worker compensation claims. And a single worker compensation claim normally, you know, more than pays for the system in multiples because these licenses are, you know, depending on a camera feed license is $10, $15 a month. The the end, the actual hardware to store devices is a few hundred dollars a month. So it's, when you look at those costs and see what it does in terms of cost savings. So worker compensation, a big one. The other we have seen, which is comes up again and again, is there are sometimes manufacturing delays or shipping delays. A lot of our customers are producing just in time. So they want to ship and within the next two days, they want to get those things out of their facility. They don't want to keep storing them. Normally, sometimes they have to stop manufacturing runs because the shipping company didn't send the truck on time or there was a delay by a few hours and they're like, oh, now we don't have capacity to store this particular part because this was the bin to store this part. And that leads to lack of productivity. So that's been a second big one that we constantly hear that when there's a manufacturing line delay or a shipping delay, they, they're able to more proactively engage with it and actually get real-time alerts on when those things are moving. The third thing which has come up is, which I think you talk a lot about in your podcast, which is generally a labor shortage happening. And a lot of our customers have said, what is that meant is you have a lot more less skilled labor at the bottom tier doing the day-to-day -day operations. And the middle management is not big enough because you again have a shortage at that level to manage all these new people and train these new people on their ways of doing. So having access to videos actually allows the more skilled middle managers to be at more place than one, gives them eye in the sky to be able to train or monitor more operations, especially some of our customers post-pandemic were running multiple shifts, night shifts to meet the increased demand because we're interesting space where our customers are like, there's a labor shortage, 
but demand is increasing. And so we, we have this dichotomy, which is like, you know, we have to manage, produce more, more efficiently with less. And so everybody's thinking, how can I use technology to make my existing people more productive? If a person, my existing middle managers could do X, can I make them do 2X through technology? Not asking them to spend more hours, but by helping them. Wow, we have covered a lot in our time together. So if somebody did want to continue the conversation, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And then how do you work with your customers? Yeah, <clears throat> so we, one is you can easily go to spot.ai, which is our website, and you can see all our products, what we do for our customers. There's a whole bunch of even case studies in manufacturing with Dean's technology, et cetera. And I think right now for the last year, we're probably adding one or two manufacturing customers every week to our portfolio of customers. So spot.ai is one place. Otherwise, Rich, which is basically R-I-S-H, Rich instead of a C, it's an S, at spotai.co. That's my email. You can always send an email to me and I'll make sure that I'm replying back and our team is connecting. And then what does the process look like if somebody was thinking about tying in all their cameras? Do you come out? Do you do an assessment? Do you just cover it on the phone or how does that work? So the good thing is we are able to cover the assessment on the phone. And it's hmm. because we work with all brands of camera. It's normally we barely ever have a call where we're like, oh, we can't help you. And so it's going to be pretty much, okay, you have 10 sites and you might have sites with 20 cameras, some sites with 50 cameras. We'd be like, choose a site where you want to try this product. Mm -hmm. And we help you choose that site. And we're like, okay, cool. We'll send you a product free of cost. You plug it in and try it for two weeks. And if you, whatever we showed you in a demo, that like the promise and the, product actually meets and you're like, okay, what you're saying is what you're delivering. You feel good about it. Then we have the conversation of how do we get into a client vendor relationship and a partner for helping you with your video in your business. Wow. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. I'm fascinated by it. And no. I learned a lot. So thank you so much, Rish. No, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Lisa. I'm Lisa. No, oh, you're welcome. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.